The Man in Line, brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com, providing a citizen central forum to ensure that your voices are heard. Fastamai, good afternoon and welcome to The Man in Line with Beth Espy. Today we are live from QE2 in Peel with a group of sixth formers to try and get an idea of what life is like for 16 and 17 and 18 year olds as we move through 2023. Anything and everything is up for discussion between now and one. We're joined by Tommy, Josh, Zach, Heather, Natasha, Harvey, Connor and Nathan. And no calls from you today, but on tomorrow's show, it would be great for you to reflect on what these young people have to say. So that's it between now and 1pm. So then, back in school after an impromptu snow day yesterday. Now, being on this side of the island, who here actually saw any snow yesterday? There's a lot of shake of heads. Connor, you saw some snow yesterday. Where were you? Yeah, I was in um, Glen Helen, and the snow was absolutely awesome there. Really? Did you yeah. get out sledging? Were you making snowmen? Uh, not quite. We, we had a little snowball fight, and that was good crack, but that's about it. <laughs> Harvey, how do you feel about unexpected days off school because of things like weather? Well, it's a pain in the backside when you're trying to get your work done and you've got a UCAS application to fill in. However, didn't mind a day off. I had time to do what I needed to do and earn some money in the meantime. So it wasn't a problem for me. Natasha, did you see any snow yesterday? I barely saw any snow. So I looked, I looked up to the hills and I saw some sprinkling there, but on my ground. No, unfortunately, I was really upset about that. But I did get it to do some work yesterday so all is well. Heather how do you feel about random days off school now you're a little bit older? Um, I think after the last day when those roads were quite icy it probably showed how it's important that um, people are able to get to school safely so like by calling it a snow day maybe it was just easier for everyone to get their work done at home. Zach what about you how did you spend yesterday? Uh, so in the morning I went out sledging with my family and that and then in the afternoon just came back and done some schoolwork. Sounds like a good day. Uh, Josh, what about you? Um, I spent my day revising for a maths test that I have on Friday, so that was very enjoyable. <laughs> I bet it was. And Tommy, what about you? Uh, I was in Douglas where there was quite a lot of snow and walked the dog who loved the snow and she went crazy. And then I stayed home and did a bit of revision and had a bit of a chill out. Okay, and Nathan, what about you? How did you spend yesterday? Um, I just did homework all day and that was it. But I went out a bit where the snow was quite thick in Douglas. Okay, well yesterday's day off school follows last week's day off because of strike action. Um, the second day of that strike action was actually postponed. Follows two days towards the end of November last year. Now, if I'm right, I think your year group was off for the November strike days. Um, but you were in last week, or was it the other way around? Harvey, I want to come to you. What, what are your feelings about the strike action? How well do you understand what's going on? Well, it's obviously important that they feel like they're not being paid enough or whatever. We're definitely in a school. Whatever the deal is. Um, however, I think that it is quite inconvenient for students, especially sports students who are wanting to compete with other schools in competitions like the Senior Sports Shield for football. And it is, it's painful to see that we're not going to be able to have that this year. However, 
I think that we should be driving to do so. So that's a message to anyone who has a say in that. Let's get it done. But in terms of sympathy for the people who did strike, do you have any or do you, do you really understand what, what's behind all this action? Well, obviously, I don't have a say in anything that's being done behind the scenes. However, I can understand why it's a negative for them. And I think it's important for them to have their say. Connor, what are your thoughts on teachers striking? Uh, I think um, they obviously are in uh, need of pay rise and the other things that they're after. And I think um, it definitely showed over lockdown how important teachers were because, I mean, self-study wasn't brilliant at home. Um, but yeah, I think it's not the best for us, particularly when, uh, as a year 12, we've had some AS exams and like I've had BTEC exams where I haven't been able to ask any last minute questions because teachers have been off. But overall, I think it's, it's good for them to do and stand their ground. What about you, Nathan? What do you think? How did you spend the strike day when you were off? Um, I was in doing work, but it's hard because you're preparing for exams and especially the year 11s so who've got exam season and there's no teachers in, so it's holding them back. But I agree with them because they obviously feel the need to strike so they get more pay because they can't keep up with the cost of living crisis. So I agree and I disagree in parts. OK. Natasha, what are your thoughts on this? Um, personally, talking to some teachers, well, I think it's a lose-lose situation on both sides, whether it be students and teachers. Equally, there's an understanding why they have to strike and why they can't be here because of all the extra things that we do, especially in QE2 as a community, our teachers go above and beyond the things that they have to do, whether it be extracurriculars with sports, whether it be music or even just revision lessons. Um, but on a student side perspective, obviously, we're senior students now, there's a lot of things to do in terms of exams and think about our futures. Um, so I do have sympathy for the teachers who um, teach us now, especially in our school, that they're doing amazing with their jobs um, and not necessarily getting the recognition and the things that they do deserve from that. Um, but from a student's perspective, it's really difficult, and that's the honest truth for me. Heather, what do you think? Um, I definitely agree with Natasha that like teachers do a lot for us, like especially coming to sixth form and A levels. You see how they kind of um, put a lot of effort into the lessons and like offer revision lessons. Um, I think I just wish we were like a little bit more informed as to whether um, teachers were striking or not, because it makes it easier to plan what sort of knowledge we're going to have to learn at home. Okay, and Zach? Yeah, I yeah, I agree with them both. It's just to ha like they they need to be recognised for the amount of work which they do. Okay, and Josh, any thoughts on this? Um, yeah, well, obviously the strikes are an inconvenience to students, but I think it's important that they do strike to like demonstrate to the public how important they are to like the functioning of our society. And it's probably, it reflects uh, the state of the world right now that they have to strike to show people that. It's a really interesting point, actually, Josh, because we are seeing more striking in the UK. So I wonder what your thoughts are on striking generally and whether you'd say it's a good way of pushing change or not. Does anybody have any thoughts on that? Is it striking the way forward? Tommy? Uh, well, obviously, we're in a cost of living crisis and... A lot of people are struggling. Some people maybe not being able to afford heating or food. And the, the government needs to understand that they're struggling. So by causing disruption, although it does cause a problem, it's the only really way sometimes to show that you need change. And sometimes there's no other option. It's a really good point. Again, cost of living. What impact, Tommy, would you say, if any, the cost of living crisis is having on you personally? 
Well, uh, at my house, we are we have to use like heaters to heat the house sometimes because we can't heat quite as much. We can't use the heating as much because the gas is quite a problem. But I'm not struggling too much personally. But I understand there are a lot of people out there that are. How many of you here have passed your driving test? Uh, so we've got two. Harvey, um, would you be able to afford running a car at the moment without help? Well, I could, but it would like hinder me in other like aspects of my life at the minute. Obviously, it's handy having money. Maybe not living on my own at the minute, but even then, it's still nice to have that that safety blanket sort of thing. But the cost of petrol does take away from it. Yeah, you mentioned earlier that one of the things you did yesterday was earn some money. So you've got a job. Yes, I do. And where do you work? I work at Appeal Fishery Chip Shop. And how long have you been there? Uh, about a year now. And in terms of understanding money and, you know, sort of refer to the, the need to have that safety blanket and saving, how well would you say you understood money? Uh, I understand it quite well. I'm studying business enterprise at school, so I, that kind of reflects my knowledge for it and how I'm interested in learning more. Are you okay yeah. with things like mortgages and stuff? Yeah, I have a somewhat understanding of that. That's great. Um, Connor, what about you? Have you got a job? Yeah. Where um, do you work? I work from home. I bake for a cafe. Oh, wow. Um, so kind of run my own business, even though it's just me. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I understand money well. I think as a younger person, I don't really have the expenses of an adult. Like I don't have to uh, pay rent or any of that stuff. Um, so I've been able to like save up and buy a car and do that kind of thing, which is really nice to be able to do. And already entrepreneurial. Where did that start from? How did you get into that? Um, well, the people who uh, owned a cafe across the road from our house had a fire, so I baked them some cookies to help them get over the fire. And then uh, they really liked them, so they decided to buy them and sell them at the cafe. And do you think this is where you see your future career? I don't know if it's in baking, but I think that I'd like to own, uh, run my own business. Definitely. And how much involvement do you have? I mean, do you do everything from looking at the account side and, and all sorts of that yeah. business thing? Yeah. Wow, that's brilliant. Um, Nathan, what about you? Are you learning to drive at the moment? Uh, no, not yet, no. No? Is it something that you're thinking about uh, doing? Yeah, definitely, but just haven't got around to it. Yeah, it's um, it's tough on top of everything else, isn't it? How much is a driving lesson nowadays? Does anyone know, roughly? Um, £40. £40, wow. Um, okay, so let's just think about sixth form, because I'm fascinated by that leap from doing GCSEs up to A-level. Um, Tommy, you're in thir year 13 now. Do you remember that shift and, and what it was like? How different is doing A-levels compared to GCSEs? Oh, GCSEs, it's, it was, for me personally, quite a bit more laid back than A-level because everything's just on a more basic level. You kind of understand things without having to do more work at home. It's just the workload that the teachers need to give you. Like, there's some homework. But you don't have to revise and study for like half your free time. Sick form is not really the same. You've got to learn a lot more. You've got to study and just a lot more work. But you kind of get used to it over time. How it, easy was it for you to make that decision to stay on to do A-levels? Uh, well, I'm committed to going to some kind of college or university. It's something I really want to do. And I knew that uh, sick form would help me get there. And... Uh, it's been good. I've enjoyed it. Okay, um, Josh, you're year 12. Um, what's that shift been like for you? How different is it compared to GCSE years? Um, initially, it didn't seem like a huge step up, but as the term progressed at the start of the year, it did get quite a bit more difficult. Um, I feel as though the actual concepts that we're learning aren't 
more difficult, but uh, the workload of the subjects is a lot higher, so you've got to do a lot more independent study. And if you're organised and like committed to doing that, I think the jump's fairly easy to handle, but I understand that if you were not very used to doing work at home at GCSE level, then that could be quite difficult. Zach, what about you? Have you found the shift? You're year 12. Um, I've fa- found it rel- relatively easy. How, how, however, you have got to adapt quick, quickly to like doing more work at home and being like more like self-disciplined, di- like do do like all all the tasks set and all the homeworks on time. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? That reliance on self-motivation. Um, Heather, you're obviously year 13 now. Um, do you remember back when it was just all fresh and new in year 12? Uh, yeah, I think like this time last year when we were just starting after Christmas um, for year 12 was when it started to like build with the pressure. Um, but especially now that we've got like UCAS applications and meeting offers, compared to GCSEs, there's a lot more responsibility to meet that. And in terms of where you're going to go next, do you know yet? Um, I've gotten two offers, one from Uni of York and one from York St. John's. So I'm still waiting on a couple of other places to decide. But like hopefully York St. John's is one that I'm looking forward to hopefully going if I can get the grades. That's great. And what will you be studying? Um, So the course at University of York is environmental and human geography. Um, And then all the other courses I've applied to are just geography. So like kind of giving me an all round, sorry, an all all round um, knowledge of like both the human and physical side of geography. Wow. Okay, Natasha, do you know what you want to do next? Yes, I do know what I want to do next. Most of the courses I applied to for university is biological science, but that would just be a gateway or pathway to neuroscience. So that's the end goal. But hearing it out loud in my mouth, I'm like, oh, my goodness, that is scary. Um, But I definitely love the mental health side of science and how, you know, the body interacts emotionally and socially and how that, you know, makes you unwell or makes you better. Um, So hopefully that's the goal moving forward, figure out how my brain works and how other people's brain works and how I can help with that. And do you know where you'd like to study? Yes, I've applied to most universities up north, but top choice at the moment would most likely be Lancaster, Leeds or York. So we'll see how that goes. And have you had any offers back yet? No, not yet. Not yet. It's just a waiting game at the moment. (laughs) It's been nail-biting. Harvey, you mentioned um, some of yesterday was spent putting an application in. Where to? Uh, I've applied to uh, three universities in Leeds, Uni of Leeds, uh, Leeds Trinity and Leeds Beckett. And I've also applied to Sheffield. And what would you like to do? Uh, I'm very passionate for sport and I think it's just the right pathway for me to go down. So sport development and or physical education and school sport. And in terms of the the sports offering over here, obviously it's something that you're very much involved with. How would you say that is? Is there enough opportunities over here? I really think there is. I think it's a brilliant scheme they've got going, especially with um, with the youth football schemes and even rugby in general. Um, they it's very supportive for young people. There's a lot of like moving up in terms of ability uh, throughout your age. So with different age ranges that you can play with in different sports so I think that it can really like develop your experiences and your development as a player when you're playing with different ages. And Connor you are only year 12 yet but have you got an idea of if you'd like to go off island to study yet? Um, I'm not not too certain at the moment I think if I did go off island to study I'd love to do sports science um, that's 
for me would be very interesting. But I don't I don't really have any ideas yet. I just have to get through A levels and then see what see what the plan goes. And Nathan, what about you? Do you know what you want to do yet? Uh, I'd like to go to uni to study law. Wow. And do you think you'd come back here to uh, see yeah. your future? Yeah, I would. Brilliant. We'll talk about that more in just a moment. But you are listening to The Man in Line today. We are live from QE2 in Peel. It's just gone 12.22. The Man in Line, brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com, the Isle of Man's main Net Zero progress website. And today, the man in line live from QE2 in Peel. Um, we were just talking before the break with Nathan, who is quite sure he's going to want to go off island and study law. And Nathan, I'm really fascinated by this idea that you know you want to come back here. How do you know that? Because um, I know there's lots of law firms over here. I'm very comfortable over here. And I don't, I don't think there's anything that's really dragging me away from the island or taking me away from it, really. I think everything I need over here. Okay. Who else has thought about whether or not they would come back here? Josh? Um, I'm quite unsure whether I'd come back or not. I think I'd be more likely to stay in the UK after going away to university uh, because I'd like to be a doctor and I feel like there's a lot more opportunities to specialise in certain areas in the UK and the facilities there are significantly better than what we have over here. So I feel like it would just be difficult to progress in that career while being on the Isle of Man. And have you got your eyes set on any particular part of the UK? Um, no, not particularly. Uh, I feel like when I go away to university, I'll get an insight into what living in the area that my university is is like. And then if I, if I enjoyed that, then obviously that would be a good place to start. And at the moment, I know obviously you're only year 12, so won't have applied anywhere yet, but have you got an idea of where you might apply to? Um, I've got a few ideas. I think if I was being incredibly ambitious, I'd probably apply to Cambridge. Um, Otherwise, maybe somewhere like the University of Manchester, because uh, being from the Isle of Man, that's quite easy to access. And it's the biggest medical school in the UK, so obviously the facilities are quite good there too. Okay, um, Harvey, I know you want to go into something sport-related. Would you see your future back here in the Isle of Man? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I think it's an absolutely amazing place to live, and you've got everything you need, everything you require. All my family are here, practically, and I just think it's a really comfortable lifestyle, and when you know where everything is, you've got everything you require. It's just it's easy, isn't it? Well, that's great to hear, actually, because some people would say, particularly for your age group, there isn't enough to do over here in the Isle of Man would you say that was true or not? Boring people get bored. OK. Anybody else got a thought on that? Particularly if you live around the West, what about things to do um, in the West? Tommy, do you think there's enough to do generally in the Isle of Man for people your age? Uh, well, I live in Douglas and Castletown. OK. But So obviously in Douglas there's quite a lot more to do than there would be in other places because I used to live in Foxdale and there there wasn't very much to do. But I actually found that living in Foxdale with nothing to do was more fun because I just found my own things to do, like exploring and messing around in trees and stuff. That was fun, but then again, I was younger then. Okay. Uh, I'd say in Douglas there's quite a lot to do, but it's, it's definitely not England standard. Yeah. Um, 
Connor, I'm guessing you spend a lot of your time baking, but generally, aside from that, would you say there's enough to do over here for people your age? I think um, for the west of the island, particularly in summer, there's lots to do with like the beach. Um, you can go swimming, you can go jumping, and I think that's all excellent. During winter, there's less to do, and it was really nice having some snow yesterday to to make life a bit more exciting, but I think there's there's enough to do like to keep us all out of trouble and stuff. What do you think, Nathan? Uh, I think we have most things England have, maybe not on the same scale or as good, but I think we still have them and they're there, so I think people can really complain because there's always something to do. Okay. Um, Natasha, if you were given a, a pot full of money and you could make something tomorrow for people your age, what would it be? If I could make something tomorrow yeah. for people my age? Oh, my goodness. Um, I think there's just a lack of a lot of entertainment places on the island. This doesn't necessarily have to be an indoor or outdoor, but maybe just like a... What's those things called? Maybe like a... Like a... Uh, leisure Centre. Leisure Centre. Thank you very much, Josh. Um, it could include maybe some... Because where I'm... Well, I'm originally from Leeds, and there's there's a lot of pop-up things, whether it be like an arcade or um, little places where you can go board games and things like that. I think like Arise, there's like a lot of trends in like board game cafes and things like that. So just little cute places to just spend your time with your friends I think it would be really great to do. Okay Heather um, what is it that people your age do really want because I mean Natasha referred there to just being able to spend time sometimes it seems that's all you need is a space where you can actually just all be together. Um, I, I agree I think that that's quite important but like I obviously can't speak for everyone personally I quite like when um, we go down to Port Erin and they've got like the kayaks and the paddle boards and stuff like that so that's kind of one activity that I think they could really encourage in the west um because especially like peel they've got such a good opportunity there and then yeah in the summer um it would be a great way to spend time with like friends or family okay zach how do you spend your spare time um normally i'm either out on uh, bikes or with like fre- friends and that and like we'll go to like D- douglas and have like a look around the sh- shops and that personally in Peel there's not much to do in the win the winter time but but in in the uh, summer there's like quite there's quite a few wa- water sports you can do yeah it sounds like you're all fairly active really so you find it quite easy for to find things to do um Josh what do you spend your downtime doing um I'm quite enthusiastic about cycling so I spend quite a lot of time doing that uh which so I do enjoy that and I like staying active and it's a great way to get fresh air although I feel like there are quite a few road users who aren't particularly happy about cyclists occupying the road as well so which you notice have you had particular issues when you've been out um uh I've never had like um a severe issue but it is quite common for you to get overtaken with without the suggested space left for you or people overtaking in stupid places such as bends and crests of hills but um most people are all right it's it's the minority that ruin it for people and do you go out with a a head cam on or anything like that but are you concerned Uh, about your safety no I, i don't have a camera obviously i wear a helmet and things but i feel like in the future going forward having a sort of like a gopro or something like that would probably be in everyone's best interest so then there's no hearsay about 
um, what happened, if any like incidents arise or anything like that. Okay, um, something that we tend to ask students about during these programmes is politics. Um, we ask about who certain ministers are and I just want to be really clear that this is not in any way about putting you on the spot or making you feel bad if you don't know. It's more about whether the people in those positions are making sure that they have done enough to make sure that you know who they are. Um, so could anybody name the Chief Minister? Alf Cannon. Alf Cannon, yep, well done. Okay, uh, Treasury Minister? David Ashford. Oh, now it was David Ashford. It's Dr. Alex Allenson now, but okay. Um, who knows the MHKs for this area, for Glenfaver and Peel? Okay. Um, Heather, how well would you say the politicians are doing at making sure that they listen to what people of your age have to say? Um, well, I voted for Kate Ward Brennan in the last election type thing so I kind of was able to have an opinion there because obviously there was flyers through the door and um, but since then I feel like there's been a little bit of a lack of communicating with the younger people um, and seeing things like this that we actually want which I think will encourage people to come back to the island because otherwise a lot of young people's opinion is probably that they've done everything there is to do here. What would you say would be the best way for politicians to communicate with this age group? Um, I think I'd suggest social media because it's definitely the gateway for a lot of um, our knowledge and where we get a lot of our information from. Um, but like maybe on a level that's more targeted towards younger people, whereas things like um, Facebook, even like our 16 to, 7, 16 to like 18 year olds don't really use that as much. And I think that's probably like their main platform. So yeah, I'd suggest they like expand their social media platforms. Want to see the chief minister on TikTok? Yeah, go on then. Okay. Harvey, how engaged are you with politics? Um, in all honesty to you, I'm not engaged at all. I, if it's not my problem, I don't really... I don't really bother with it, in all honesty. It might, it might be a bad mindset, however, politics has never interested me. And do you see that changing at any point? Well, as I grow older, I'm assuming that things are going to start to become more relevant to myself and my individual life, so I suppose I am eventually going to have to be bothered about politics. You but for now, I'll stick to what I enjoy. You wouldn't see a a future career in politics or standing for election at some point yourself, maybe? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, Connor, what about you? How engaged are you with politics? Uh, I'm a bit engaged with politics, not massively, but some things, yeah, I, um, I'm interested in and I will um, like look at different sides of, of some people's views and some of the decisions that could be made that will massively impact the Isle of Man. Nathan, have you been able to vote in any elections yet? Yeah. No, because that's one of the things, actually, that the Isle of Man is fairly progressive politically in allowing 16-year-olds the right to vote. How aware, Nathan, would you say that 16-year-olds are over here about that? I didn't even know, to be honest. Really? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not engaged with politics at all because I think of it's a bit irrelevant, you know. There's not much change that ever happens or anything big. So there's nothing that makes me want to vote because I know it's probably not going to happen. Would you say you're more aware of, of politics in the UK? Yeah, definitely. Okay, and do you follow that at all? Uh, Is that bit, of interest? Bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. What could politicians then do if they're listening to this? What could they do to change your mindset, would you say? Just listen to what people want and um, go off that and see what they can actually do to impact the community. Okay. Uh, Tommy, are you interested in politics at all? Uh, yeah, I'm really interested in politics, but I'm not really clued up on Manx politics. I've been 
kind of self-studying politics, but I just just I'm, it's really hard to be clued in with Manx politics because there's not really much connection with young people. I feel. Okay, and again, what would you say that they could do to change that? I feel like if I'm not sure how they'd do it, but if there's some way the politicians could actually uh, ask us what our what we want because I feel like I've never actually expressed what I want to a politician so how could they know what we want if I'm never telling them if a politician was sat here with you now what would you say to them uh, well, I'm not really sure what about Manx politics I don't really know what needs to change but I I know that like in England for instance the Conservative Party I feel like it's their time to go because they've just made a big mess of things so generally makes you think conservatism probably isn't the way to go Okay. Josh, are you engaged in politics? Um, yeah, I am quite interested in politics, but um, I don't feel like there's uh, a particularly good route to engage in it in the Isle of Man, especially for young people. And uh, I don't feel like a lot, of, a lot of change actually happens in the Isle of Man, um, especially following the last election, because obviously uh, all the MHK candidates had their manifesto, and uh, since they were elected particularly in the west of the island, I haven't really seen any change whatsoever. So <clears throat> so if they could uh, actually do something, that would be quite uh, quite good. And in terms of, I mean, it was interesting what Heather was saying, is that you, you do tend to hear from politicians quite a lot in the run-up to the election. But would you say also from your experience it's gone a little bit quiet since then? Uh, yeah, I feel like they made quite, uh, quite a lot of promises about their grand visions for the island. But... Um, Whenever they actually get elected, it seems as though uh, it goes quite quiet on that front, and uh, we never really hear of any progress on what they uh, what they promise the voters. Interesting. Okay, we're going to take a short break again in a moment, but before that, um, I think somebody referred to the fact it is the time of year when GCSE mocks are taking place. So Year 11s here at QE2 are going through that right now. Again, a little way ago, um, Natasha, since you were there, but do you remember your mocks and what it was like? How you felt? How pressured you felt about them? about year 11 mocks oh definitely it was at the point where this is the first time that you're actually going to sit exams however building up to that we were the year that had covid so i actually didn't sit any year 11 mocks it was all a teacher assessed uh, tests and things like that so we would have to come in even during that study break and then sit our exams in the classroom and it just wasn't the same now because prior to that we had year 10 where we were in the big hall and things like that but that didn't really amount to anything however these tests that we were taking were actual GCSEs and it didn't really feel like we were you know sitting actual exams but by the end of it you were done and you got those grades so I think my year especially really didn't get that experience of knowing what it's like to sit actual assessed grades with that type of pressure and that exam pressure um, but we ended up here <laughs> yeah, but it's still, it's an important point though, isn't it? Because in some ways you missed out on that grounding, which mm. provides that level of experience for you going on to A-levels and then on to university study. Oh, very much so. I think the jump between year 11 and year 12 was massive, if I'm talking personally. And I don't think anybody really prepares you for that. Obviously, the teachers can do all and say that it's a big jump and things like that. But obviously, as students, it's up to us whether we take that on board or not. And I think I speak for everybody and say that, you know, I mean, is it sixth form? It's so fun. You get so much more freedom when you come to year 12. And I think the boys can uh, vouch for me for that. Um, and it's all exciting times. Um, but at the end of the day, it's school. We're here to get our qualifications. But also, it's fun experiences like this that make it all worthwhile, I think. Like this one right here. Exactly. Loving it. Like this Absolutely one right here. Um, Connor, what about you with uh, regard to exams? How much pressure do you feel under? 
Um, I think for the mock exams, because that was like first taste of sitting in the main hall and, and all that stuff, I thought it was quite intense and a bit stressful. Um, but I was pretty chilled because I knew they didn't really matter towards anything. Um, but then with the actual exams, I think they were they were definitely more pressured and a bit more stressful. Um, but yeah, I thought I think it's good to get the practice in in mocks because it is hard to just go and be in full exam conditions, like separated from everyone um, on these like brown desks in the middle of a massive hall. I think that's quite pressured, but to have a bit of practice was definitely definitely helpful. What's the best bit of exam advice you've ever been given? I think just study for it. <laughs> At GCSEs, I don't think I did um, enough study because I knew I was getting the grades I needed. Um, and then, yeah, I think I definitely could have done better. But I'm happy, you know, just study, study. OK, you're listening to The Man in Line today, live from QE2 in Peel. 12.40, we'll be back after this. Coming up to quarter to one, and this is The Man in Line live from QE2 in Peel this afternoon. OK, I need someone to explain something to me. The obsession with Prime, and I mean the drink, not something associated with Amazon. Uh, everyone's pointing at you, Nathan. Tell me what it's all about. Um, it's just two big creators, Logan Paul KSI, so their drink that I think they're just getting loads of sales because of their name off it. Um, it seems to be really hard to get in the UK. That's why it's so popular and in demand. But... All I can see is that it's popular because of them, not because of the drink itself. Okay, have you actually had it? No, I've not. It's have too you hard been, to get. Have you been trying to get it? Uh, no. Well, <laughs> once, but it's just so hard to get and quite expensive as well. Okay. Um, what about you, Connor? Are you obsessed with Prime? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a drink at the end of the day and doesn't really, not, not because of the names, I just think that people get it because it's got two big YouTubers on it, not because it's a nice drink. And then once in uh, Manchester, I got offered two bottles for 30 quid, and I think that was probably the last time I heard about Prime and the last time I wanted to look at Prime. So, <laughs> oh, For the yeah. people who might not know, KSI and Logan Paul, who are they? Uh, they are just uh, YouTubers. Yeah, Who are making a lot are. of money. Or make a lot of money, okay. definitely. Harvey, are you Prime obsessed? I'm going to guess no. I have zero interest in Prime whatsoever. <laughs> I think it's absolutely pointless. It's overpriced. It's LucasAid in a fancy bottle. Okay, that's uh, to the point. Natasha, what about you? Have you had any? Um, actually, no. The first time I heard of Prime was actually from my younger brother, and he is 10 at the moment. And he was like, Tash, do you know where we can get Prime? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, Amazon Prime? And he was like, no, they drink. And I was like, I have no idea what you're on about. But apparently it's really big with the younger ones, but no clue. Whatsoever. Apparently there is, uh, uh, there's also an app so you can track uh, availability. And just to be clear, I know that because I have teenage boys, <laughs> not because I'm desperate to get hold of it myself. Um, Heather, have you got any Prime lashed away somewhere? Um, no, I don't really have any interest to buy it either. Um, same as Natasha, I hadn't really heard of it at all. Um, and yeah, I'm definitely not a fan of KSR or Logan Paul <laughs> to be really looking out for it. What about you, Zach? Uh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not bothered about it at at all. I think I think that that like it's just blow, blown up be because of the pe the pe people behind it. But I reckon, come like a month or two, we we will have just completely forgotten about it. Yeah, it's just one of those crazes. Josh, what about you? 
yeah, I also have no interest in it. Uh, I feel as though the, the difficulty it, people have getting it is probably the best marketing scheme that they could have asked for. I feel like the elusiveness of the of the drink makes it uh, a lot more desirable to people because they don't actually want the drink, they just want to say that they've had Prime, I think. It is actually now available over here in one retailer, um, and I wonder if anyone's been able to get it when it's been in stock. Tommy, you have had it. I've tried it because one of my friends had it and thought it was nice, but it's an, honestly, it's just like any other drink. just kind of tastes like a sweet juice. And I know someone who got it for about a dollar in America, which is, well, it's probably about 80p over here. So clearly it can't be that good if it's only a dollar over there. It's just to do with the supply and demand of everything, and it's just a successful market stunt. Okay, so it would seem that it's appealing to the younger age groups rather than you guys, and maybe you will realise that KSI and Logan Paul are laughing all the way to the bank. Um, Speaking of crazes then, um, just wanted to talk a little bit about vaping, uh, something else that seems popular with people of your age. Would anybody be comfortable here telling me if they vape? Um, I'm not going to say who's being pointed at here. Um, Uh, Tommy, what have you? What are your thoughts on vaping? I do not vape, but uh, it was invented because of smokers who wanted to quit smoking, and I believe it was successful in doing that because it did make a lot of smokers stop smoking. But then the problem comes when people suddenly just want this cool fruit-flavored air in their mouth, and suddenly they're having vapes when they've never smoked, and they may never have smoked, and now suddenly probably going to end up getting some kind of respiratory illness later in life and probably going to be struggling to go down the stairs when they're 25. Uh, Josh, obviously you want a career in medicine. Have you given any thought to how vaping compares to smoking cigarettes when it comes to being bad for your health? Um, Well, I feel like it's difficult to say um, how bad vaping actually is for your health because it hasn't been around long enough for us to actually like observe the long-term effects of it. But um, I feel like you'd be stupid to assume that there are no health implications considering that um, 100 years ago people thought smoking was uh, completely healthy for you and uh, now that we've linked it to uh, respiratory diseases such as lung cancer, people all of a sudden think it's very bad for you. So I think people are a bit uh, a bit quick to assume that vaping's harmless. Laws are going to be strengthened over here so that they won't be sold to younger people. Do you think that will make any difference with its popularity? Um not particularly because i mean i i don't think it's legal for a 16 year old to go and buy a vape in a shop but uh they still manage to get a hold of it so i feel like regardless of what they do with the the laws about selling it people will find a way to to keep doing it and obviously as you said it's a bit of a craze at the moment so we've we've seen what people will do to get hold of hold of things that are popular at the moment so no i don't think it will make much of a difference zach any interest in vaping that you're going to admit? <laughs> no, not n- not at all. I I agree with Josh that like there's not been enough re- research in into long-term effects of it. Okay, um, Heather. Um, no, I don't vape. I just think it sounds a bit expensive to keep <laughs> buying it, really. Um, and and yeah, I don't really want to be like addicted to anything full stop just kind of not relying on the fact that I have to buy that every single week or something like that yeah I'd rather spend my money on like experiences and things I'll actually enjoy in the long term and what about you Nathan any thoughts on vaping uh well I've never vaped but I think it's just 
stupid. It's just flavoured air, really. That's really expensive. And you see videos of it being made cheaply in China in factories, and you just, what, seven quid for a bit of flavoured air. It's just pointless, I think. It's stupid. They should get you on their marketing, eh? Yeah. Um, okay, here's something else you can explain to me, Natasha. The after prom. So, after prom. Let me see if I've got this right. So, okay. you, um, at the end of year 11, I think you do one in year 13 as well, you yeah. have a prom. Mm -hmm. um, it's an organised thing, usually at a hotel. You spend a fairly significant amount of money on dresses, suits, transports, etc. You stay there mm -hmm. for a couple of hours and then you go to the after prom. What is it? Okay. Um, so, there's around five high schools on the island. Um, and to make the cost less, or like, so it's more affordable for other people some schools collab together. So, especially with Aya, we did with one with Bala. No, we didn't. I think ours is different because of COVID. Though. Ours is different with COVID, so there's some collabs and things like that. But either way, there's some people who will organize, you have to reach out to these oh, organizers. And essentially, it's a marquee in the middle of a field um, where there will be a recovery tent. So there will be people on standby for you know any health issues and things like that, people who might get a bit too I'll have a bit too fun, let's just say. Um, but essentially, it's just, you know, celebrating your time after exams, after prom, um, where everything's controlled, in a controlled environment. So there is adults around, but there's people within the prom committee that will organize after prom with these people that make sure that the police are involved and they do know that there's a licensed party. So everything is safe. Um, and I've been through the whole process myself because I plan prom and the after prom and have some insight into that. Um, so, yeah, it's just for young people to have a bit of fun after their exams, I think. And even though it is 16-year-olds we're talking about with the year yes. 11 one, there is still the expectation and understanding that there will be alcohol there. There will be, yes, definitely. Um, but it is all checked. So before you go into that venue, you will get checked for your bags and things like that. Um, I personally didn't go to prom, but I did hear that many people did enjoy it, even if they're not into that type of thing. Um, so overall, like even planning it as well, it's it's very um, all proper and things like that. And the police are involved, um, and the organisers know what they're doing. So I have trust. Uh, there's alcohol, and you know, young people as well, um, but all in reason, I would think. So, yeah. And you didn't go. Was that a deliberate choice, or could you it was just a not go? Deliberate choice, because I had to <laughs> clean the prom venue afterwards. Um, but equally, though, I'm, me as a person, I'm just not really into that type of thing. But even if even if I didn't, I heard some of my friends who are also the same as me, that type of thing, that really did enjoy after prom. So I think it's a worthwhile thing to do if you guys that are into that. dedication from you, though, Natasha. Thank you very I hope much. everyone appreciates that. that. Um, anybody else go to after prom and have any thoughts on it, Nathan? Uh, I think it's very good. We, we, uh, we did ours last year with all every school in the islands, about 600 of us in one tent, and it was really good. I think, you know, if you can go, you should go. It's just it's worth it. Did you spend a lot of money on your suit? No, not there. Well, I've got the suit for sick form, but I didn't spend too much on it now. Okay, because I have heard some of the amounts that have been spent on dresses. Heather, did you go to Outer Prom? Did you spend a lot on your dress? Um, I ordered my dress, so it wasn't as expensive as I thought it would be, but I could definitely see how you'd end up going over the top because there's the dress and there's also the car to get you there that you spend money on. And, um, yeah, I didn't really spend much money on Outer Prom, but just just again you have to have an outfit to wear for that as well um but i i quite liked after prom um and i think it's fair enough that like people want to either 
celebrate in like the grand way of prom or they might also want to celebrate in the way of after prom as well. Okay, I think I understand it now. Um, we've got uh, just a couple of minutes left. I'm going to ask you each in turn for one thing that you love about the Isle of Man and one thing that you would change. I'm going to start, I'm sorry Tommy, I'm, I'm going to start with you, give you a couple of seconds to think about it. So one thing you love and one thing you change about the Isle of Man. One thing I love about the Isle of Man is the way that it kind of feels like a little community in a way. It's like you're familiar with everything and just makes you feel safer and it's a great way to be, especially as a kid, it's great. But one thing I'd probably change is, uh, I'm not even sure, what would I change? I don't think I'll don't change worry. anything. If you don't think of anything, like that's Jonathan absolutely is. fine. Uh, Josh, what about you? One thing you love, one thing you change? Um, one thing I love about the Isle of Man would probably be the like geography of the place. I think that um, like the natural setting of the Isle of Man is uh, brilliant, especially if you're an outdoorsy person, but it's just a very beautiful place to live and there's lots of outdoor activities to do, so that that's a good point about the Isle of Man. Um, what I change is probably the resistance to change in the Isle of Man. Um, although I do like the communal aspect of um, the people that live on the Isle of Man, I feel like a lot of people are quite opposed to changing things, even though even though that might be beneficial in the long term. People people don't like uh, don't like changing what they used to. Okay, um, Zach, super quickly. Uh, I do like just the whole commu community feel within towns and that, but one thing I would change is more like op opportuni opportunities to like start a career on the island and progress up and like stay on the island. Great response. Super quickly, Heather, what would you love and change? Um, one thing I love is um, the fact it's really safe and like growing up you feel quite um, secure in terms of like um, crime and stuff like that. Uh, but one thing I would change is probably the way government works so that it's more open to the views of younger people and just the things in general that people want to see from the island. Okay, Natasha, can you always give me a one word answer? Love? Love. Beaches, yeah, mountains, and also I agree with Josh. Like change needs to happen, especially. Yeah. Connor, uh, I love the the safety of the Isle of Man, um, and I'd change. Yeah, I think also just have a more open government to like help us have more say. And finally, Nathan, uh, I love the sport and how easily accessible it is. Wonderful. Thank you so, so much to all our guests. Harvey had to nip away for a haircut, but thank you, Tommy, Josh, Zach, Heather, Natasha, Harvey, Connor and Nathan. Thank you to today's producer back at Broadcasting House, Alex Brindley, the sound producer and the on-site engineer today doing two jobs in one, Matty Cunningham. This programme will be shortly available as a podcast. You'll be able to find that at manxradio.com. And I'll be back up in the studio tomorrow for the usual open line. So really look forward to hearing from you. If you've got any thoughts about the, some of the things that you've been hearing today, it would be great to get you on air tomorrow. Christy D is up next with one to three. Whatever you're doing, have a lovely rest of the afternoon.